Welcome to the Motivation Without the Hype podcast with your host, Jez Perez. He's an author, high-performance coach, and motivational speaker. This show brings you inspiring messages and interviews to unleash your greatness in life and in business. So let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome to Motivation Without the Hype podcast show. My name is Jez Perez, a former procrastinator. Into an action taker, we bring you inspirational messages and interviews, including motivational insights, tips, principles, and proven strategies that you can take action on without the hype, unleashing your greatness in life and in business. Now, we appreciate you plugging in and spending time with us, and we have a very special guest. I'm super grateful, all the way from New Zealand, <laughs> and I'm so pumped, really excited. She is an international speaker, coach, and author of five personal development book specializing in mindset, performance, and leadership. A well-known imposter syndrome expert with a background in senior human resources roles and a decade working in leadership development. A brush with burnout in her corporate career lead just across the world to train with Buddhist monks and nuns. A decade later, after coming out, writing five books and running her own successful business, she shares what she knows about peak performance, leading with confidence, being sustainable resource and achieving a personal or potential to have influence and impact. Her latest book, Burnout to Brilliance, helps individuals achieve peak performance without burning out in the process. So first of all, Jess, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you. Thanks, Jess. It's great to be here. So I know that we're quite neighbors from Australia and New Zealand and look super pumped. Been thinking about this for the last couple of days. So it's a treat for us to, to listen to what you're going to provide as value. So please tell us who you are and what you So I'm, as you say, an author of five personal development books. I had a background in human resources, so I've always worked with people. I've always had a passion to see people yeah. grow. Originally from the UK, as you'll yeah. tell by my accent, <laughs> and I've been in New Zealand now for about 10 years, so I live on um, a little island off of the Auckland nice. coast, so on Waiheke yeah. Island. Um, love the beach and love making the most of summer, which we're just coming to an end <laughs> of yeah, now. And so, yeah, my, my passion was always helping people grow. But I guess within the confines of my corporate role, um, my need to over deliver and put everybody else first was one of the contributing factors to my own burnout. Yeah. And that really led to this watershed moment of, you know, we need to do things differently. How do we get the best out of our people and help them achieve their potential, but still leave enough left in the tank so that they can do life and family when they finish yeah. work? How do we be our best, but without the burnout? So like from your experience, how did, how do people find their balance? I mean, you're quite experienced in human resources and peak performance and, um, you know, achieving our personal best and full potential. Um, when you say about there's not much left in the tank, how do they still, how do you bridge that gap to ensure that there is still enough full of the tank? and still love what they're doing and still have that balance? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one because we tend to look at work-life balance as two separate things. And I think that's possibly where we go wrong. Okay. For me, there's no such thing as work-life balance. It's just all balance. Mm. So we don't start life when work stops. Work is part of life. And when we start to look at it holistically and do work that brings us meaning in a way that helps us balance our energy and keeps us sustainable, we start to enjoy both work and life. And of course, that is all life. I like that concept about all life. Why do people struggle in striking the balance? Is it more because of the mindset or because they don't have that holistic view, what you've just mentioned of all life? 
What would be one of those factors? I think that the main struggle that we have is due to our attachment to busyness. I think this is because in our cultures we have seen busy as a marker of success. And the busier we are, the more productive we are. Or we think that busyness is this badge of honor that we must wear to show how hard we work. And I think it's that attachment to busy and, of course, getting our self-worth from that attachment that therein lies the problem. I think we think if we do more, we'll be more valuable and more productive. And it's this pursuit of more that actually leads us to burnout rather than brilliance. So when you say about burnout to brilliance, is it because they put too much effort and energy and time as to say, look, I'm really busy. And they, and again, they, they use so much energy for it that they don't have much left of tank. So would they have to be more productive to be less busy? Like what would be that tactic? Because you've, you've been in this industry for quite some time and you see different journeys, different people going through different route. Um, how would you mitigate that to ensure that there is, there's balance, but you know, alleviate those, those common challenges that people face with burnout? Yeah. And I think it's this difference between quality and quantity. And this is something I explored in the book. I think we tend to go into productivity from a quantity perspective. The more I do, the more productive I'll be. And we overlook the quality of what we're doing. So it's this concept of less but better. So I think it's not that we don't put the effort and energy into what we're doing. I think it's how we manage our energy. And if we're putting the effort into the right things, I think that's what makes the key difference. And of course, if we're doing work that fulfills us and we're doing it in a way that sustains us, we always have stuff left in the tank, whether that be for family, hobbies, friends, life stuff in general. I know that you've written an amazing book called Burnout to Brilliance. um, And we'll tackle that a bit more because there's so much tons of value in that title alone, because there's a lot of people who experience burnout and may not even show it physically, but internally can be burnout. Um, so they're still churning the work, but you can see the, the quality may not be there. Can you just share, um, you know, what this book is all about and how did you come about in writing this to say, you know what, I need to put this message out so people can actually become more brilliant than being burnout. Yeah. And I think that sums it up, really. It's this concept that brilliance has to result in us being, you know, getting to the end of the day with nothing left because we've given it all. And so I wanted to redefine peak performance and really show people how to be at our peak. And that it's often it's it's often a quantity, it's a quality piece, not a quantity piece. And for me, what I've realized over the years, not not just my own journey, but the clients that I've coached and working in human resources with leadership teams in different countries and different industries, is that it's often the pursuit of brilliance that lands us in burnout. And so I wanted to explore that and redefine that. And for me, my aha moment was when I burned out in the corporate world and took some time off, I went to teach English to Buddhist monks in northern Thailand. And I also visited um, the Kingdom of Bhutan whilst I was there. And they're famous for gross national happiness in place of GDP and how they measure their country's progress. And it was seeing this ancient Eastern wisdom and marrying that with what I'd been taught sort of the Western people psychology piece from from being in HR and leadership and realizing that actually this stuff can come together in a way that works in our businesses, works in our modern Western world, and actually works from a mindset perspective to keep us at our best. And it's just a different way of thinking. And so that's what I wanted to explore and really what led to, yes, I have to write this book. So in terms of identifying the burnout to brilliance and achieving a peak performance, 
does it have to start with habits first or does it have to start with the mindset going through a self-discovery finding out some gaps bridging those gaps like because people have a lot of perspective of what burnout means to them but what are the things that they can actually get started to um to get going to say yep i want to pursue brilliance but i want to make sure that i don't i've got enough tank what would be a simple step for them to start making those you know first you know uh, phases for them to become brilliant yeah yeah i'm glad you touched on habits because i think it's aristotle the quote that says excellence is just a series of good habits really and <laughs> it's it's so true and yet we have to have the mindset piece that comes first right because it's the mindset that dictates what kind of habits we form and there's um we obviously in New Zealand, we're crazy about rugby yeah. and everybody talks about the All Blacks a lot. And um, I, I was listening to the All Blacks skills coach, um, Gilbert Anoka, talk about he has this success triangle. And the three points of that triangle are what you'd expect, mindset, yep. skill yep. set, but then there's structure, so habits. And that's the piece we often overlook. So he'll talk about All Blacks that come into the camp and they've got the skills, obviously, otherwise yeah. they wouldn't be there. They've got the mindset. But if they can't adapt to the rigorous training schedules or the nutrition plans or stop going out partying, they don't make the team. So I think in terms of our structures, our routines, our habits, such an important but often overlooked part of our success. You know, that's phenomenally awesome. I mean, you mentioned about, you know, mindset, skill set and structure. A lot of people, um, even me sometimes, is yeah, we, we, we tend to put onto the action. So, you know, we got the mindset, we got the skill set, and we take, you know, massive action. However, it may not be the right action because you may not have the structure to support that or structural strategy. And I think that's really key when you have structure because structure creates frameworks and it creates outcomes. So if someone has structure and they start building good habits, what would be the next step for them to actually achieve their peak performance? Because it... You don't go from zero to 10 straight away. There are progressive steps along the way. Is it more on building the mindset first or building habits or building some strategies to go at that peak? Is it more health-wise? What would it be for someone who's totally a noob? He says, man, I love the concept and already thinking about overwhelm. What would be an easiest way to start making some <laughs> you know, achievable wins? And like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I, I'm starting to see pro- progression. Like, how would that be? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. And mm. my advice to people is always to start small yeah. because it makes it achievable. And then you start the ball rolling. And then when you start to see progress yeah. steps, it gives you the motivation to keep yeah. going. And that snowball effect. Yeah. And I think it's a little piece of um, the sort of sustainability piece. So fueling the tank and, and wellness. You know, if we don't have the energy to deliver on what we're capable yeah. of. It doesn't matter how capable yeah. we are. <laughs> we, we're not capable when we're burned out and exhausted. And when you marry that with the habits yes. and the structure yeah. piece that we've talked about, and then we talk about sort of, you know, taking action and those little steps mm. and, and that progress and the mindset piece. I think it's a little bit of all of those things, almost like pieces of a jigsaw yeah. that come together to create this picture of peak performance. And you know what that looks like for you and everybody is different. So it's working out where I am and what I need. And one of the things I'm often saying to people in my workshops is to do an energy audit, check in, where are you right now? Because for some of us on some days, particularly during the global pandemic, that's been a huge challenge for many, our energy has, has suffered or mentally our focus hasn't been there. And so when we know where we are, 
we know what we need. And that's different on any given mm-hmm. day. And I think that's a really important part of then building our own yeah. blueprint for peak performance. So I know for me, it's meditation, it's yoga, it's getting out in nature. Those are the things I know if I don't do, because I get too busy in meetings and things like that, then I my focus starts yeah. to suffer. Cognity, I'm, I'm not as sharp yeah. cognitively. And I, it, things just don't flow yeah. as well. And so that's my starting point from which I build. And I think for so many of us, that stuff has been seen as a nice to have. It's a luxury item that we do when we've got time, not the foundation that helps us build our peak performance. Love it. I think you're you're spot on. It's a luxury. Like people tend, well, I don't have time for that. But we need to make time for that because that's the foundation. If we don't look after our self-well-being, it's going to create a lot of havoc along the way. And Instead of building good habits, you're pretty much building the opposite habits. Um, what would be the symptoms or things that you kind of say, oh, um, I'm starting to lead to the, the burnout route? Uh, would it because would it be more or less energy or is it because you don't feel less fulfilled? Um, what would be one of those symptoms that kind of pop out? Oh, I'm leading to this. I better avoid this. Yeah, it's a really good question because I think it's important to look out for ourselves, but also in others, we can spot this in people that we work with as well or or live with. And at its mildest, I think we've all been there where we're just exhausted, we're doing too many hours, we're not taking our breaks, we start to lose focus. That's at the mild end of the scale. But as it creeps up, it starts to get quite serious. And at its worst, you find with burnout that, okay, it impacts your health mentally and physically, but you also notice this loss of motivation and almost detachment. So for me, I started to withdraw from even things I enjoyed. So I wouldn't go out with friends and socialize because I didn't feel like it. But I'd explain that by saying, oh, well, I've got a busy job. And this is just the price you pay for having a busy job. Or I'd sleep all weekend and say, well, that's normal, because this is my self care, and I'm resting, I'm refueling my tank. And yet, in hindsight, of course, looking back, none of that is normal. And at its peak, it was just this total detachment and loss of hope. So I couldn't even summon the motivation to go for a walk on the beach. And I love the beach. And it's at that point, And of course, then you probably notice some of the physical side effects, like not being able to sleep, the anxiety, just this, I, I'm struggling to cope. It's more than overwhelm and it's more exhaustion than a good night's sleep will fix. You know, you can sleep all night and still be exhausted. And that's when you know that it's starting to stray into um, dangerous territory. And of course, your results suffer. So you're not performing at your peak. And from that comes this feeling of guilt sometimes, resentment, um, frustration, and it it grows from there. So they're the signs to look out for. And I think if we know what the early signs are for, for ourselves, then we can put some interventions in place to make sure we don't get there. And it's something that I often liken to traffic lights. You know, when we're at green, we're we're at a best. When we're on red, we're at burnout. But for everyone, there's this amber zone in between. And we'll all have different Mm. triggers. So I don't know about you, but when I've spread myself too thin, I get a sore throat that never actually materializes into (laughs) anything. I become a little less tolerant of those around me. And I get this twitchy thing in the corner of my eye which feels like a bit of a muscle spasm that that must be really obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that. And that's my sign. That's my amber warning sign. That that means I've slipped out of the green zone and I'm heading towards the red. 
And having been at Red, I, I don't ever want to be there again. So that's a really good motivating factor for me to to pull pull myself back and readdress. I, I, I think you need to have that self awareness and really pull the brakes when you know that you're leading that route. No, many they just grind out, and there's a lot of people that have this type of mindset and this thinking is. I got to do more because I know I'm going to be successful more, but there are different ways that you can actually be more productive rather than and busy. So how do we manage the realities of a busy life? Yeah. I love that you mentioned that the whole kind of push yeah. through, um, pace because we have been conditioned to believe that, you know, that's a marker of success and a strong leader to just push through when times get as hard, but at what cost? How good is what you're doing if you're in that space? And it's a concept that I talk about in the book, uh, slowing down to speed mm, up, like which that. sounds totally counterintuitive. Yeah, right. yeah. But within that, if we slow down, if we take our breaks, if we do the things that we know fill our cup and refuel our energy, what we find is that when we come back to do our work, things don't take as long. So we're more effective. We're sharper cognitively. So that means we can make decisions quicker, solve problems easier. We make less mistakes so we don't have to go back and redo things. With a sharp, focused mind, we are more able to bounce back from challenges, navigate relationships. We have the ability to respond rather than Mm -hmm. react. And of course, our minds are more creative and innovative when they're sharp and focused and clear. So when we slow down, and take time out whilst it feels like we're wasting time we're actually saving ourselves time because then we're more effective when we come back to do our work and that's this concept of slowing down to speed up and i often liken it to you know when you go on a long road trip as soon as the fuel gauge comes on on the car you would never dream of sailing past a fuel station you'd stop and fill up even though it adds some time onto your journey you do that because you know it'll get you to your destination and it's the same with us. You know, our, our inner fuel yeah. light comes on. But so many of us are like, oh, I've got to push on. through. I don't have time to stop. And then we break down. Yeah, I love that. I love the analogy of the car because it's so true. Like it's, you know, it's important because, you know, our bodies are fuel. It's uh, sorry, our bodies like a vehicle and we need to fuel up. And if we don't, um, we will crack. Like we will burn down. Like we will like break down. And uh, it's going to take a lot of time to repair <laughs> But if you have these catch all these earlier signs, um, you're still going to be, it's like you're, you're maintaining, but you're maintaining that performance because, you know, as a, as a high performing car or like a race car, you know, they go through the laps, but then they know that they need to fuel up. It's the exact same thing. And you're ready to, to go. You don't lose that time because you're pretty much refueling again. So how do you train your mind, you know, for better function and focus? You mentioned about focus there, um, in, in the in the answer over there but yeah how, how, how do you do how do you do how do you train yourself yeah it's an interesting one and, and i think i mean mind is so important right I mean, as, as you know it's 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 yeah. everything so whatever we think becomes how yeah. we feel and then how we act so it all starts in the mind and it's so much overlooked and cognitively when our minds are calm focused and yeah. clear we are more able to perform at our peak and i think particularly for leaders we operate so much in this doing space and busyness that often we don't give ourselves time to think. And of course, to think strategically is such a major part of of the role that if we are not putting our brains into that mode, we're missing out on one of the most important parts of our role. And I know for me that I'll take myself off some days and 
I'll be on the beach or I'll be kayaking or a sauna in the winter. I love a sauna. For some reason, the dark, <laughs> quiet, warm space <laughs> helps me think. And when if you're looking at that from the outside, you're thinking, oh, she's having a day off. She's not working. And yet it's where some of my best ideas come from. So from an impact perspective, it's the most important thing I've done all week. And we have to take that time out and change the state to be able to create space in our brain. And it's this space that allows us to think, to have ideas, to make decisions, to solve problems. And yet when we're busy and doing all the time, we're not creating space in our mind to be able to tap into that. And it's such an important part of our job. And it's where we have not just our best ideas, but some of our aha moments as well, not just from a work perspective, but also life. And I know that's been true for me. So when we can rest, reset, still our mind, and we do that by making the most of our pauses throughout our day, by spending time offline, so we're not suffering from information overload, and knowing where we're at so we know what we need. And when we do that from a mental perspective, We're creating this space in the brain that helps us perform, that helps our cognitive function be so much more sharp so we can focus better, so that we can innovate better and emotionally regulate ourselves as well. Wow, that's a lot of (laughs) mic drop moments because I know for myself and you, because we've already built good habits in creating some spaces and really, because that's where you get your creativity. It's like, aha, man, all right, all right, if I just do that, then instead of going, you know, gear number three, I know I'm going to go gear number five. It's those moments where you you pull back, pull the brakes, take a reset. But it doesn't have to be thinking about business or think about work or think about anything. Else. It's just like you're enjoying life. It's it's those moments like yeah, it, because your mind's so relaxed, you're in a vulnerable state, and boom, it just happens, and all these ideas starts to flesh out. Uh, and we need that, but not yeah. many people make the time for it. So what would be a easier step for people to to start that? Would it be in the morning or would it be a time where, you know, kids may be sleeping at night and they have that creative? What would be a, a best approach for people who are quite busy that make that as an excuse, but hey, that's not an excuse. There is time if you insert different ways or, or different ideas. What would be that case? Yeah, and, and again, I think we're all different. Mm. So it's finding what works for you. And I think that, when it's about carving out that space and I always say to people start small so for me I meditate every morning before everybody else in the house is up it takes me about 10 minutes it's not an onerous task that eats into my schedule because otherwise I wouldn't do it right so make it achievable it might be a walk around the block at lunchtime or a walk on the beach in the evening Uh, you might be a surfer or a runner or a swimmer it might be something that you choose um, as well as things we do do in this space for our mind There might be things we don't do that are just as impactful. So device detoxes. Maybe you put your phone in a drawer on Sunday between 8 and 8. Or maybe you don't have devices after 9 o'clock in your house and it helps you sleep better and gives your mind, just before you go to bed, that chance to tap into that space. So it's a bit of a combination. And I say to people, it's about making the most of your moments. So look through your schedule. Where are those moments? Is it first thing in the morning? Is it last thing at night? Or are you just too tired by the time evening comes around? And so it needs to happen during the day. And of course, it can happen during the workday as well. We have, yes, we're busy with meetings and things, but we also have gaps in between. Gaps that are long enough to walk around the block or switch on a meditation app, do a gratitude practice, whatever works for you. It's about making the most of those moments 
And then like a muscle, we start to build our neural pathways in a way that we're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is just what I do every day. I create space in my brain. And of course, the more we do that, the more our minds get used to that that's what we do and the easier it becomes. This is brilliant because when you think about, you know, Bernard's brilliance uh, in between, it, it is achievable. If you really put it into perspective, everything that you've been saying is like not going to help. Like, oh, yeah, it's it's simple. Like we human beings start to complicate things and we use that complication to make it as an excuse that we don't do anything, right? We create this chaos that's not required. Uh, but you put that in such simplicity. It's really given a lot of clarity around the process about what you just provided today. And it's just phenomenal. It's like, guys, if you're listening right now, rewind and go through each of what Jess has mentioned because these are practical tips that are achievable. I mean, like what works for you because everyone's all wired differently. But if you make that time and effort, you start to build that neural pathways of, of habits. And that's how you start to peak at your performance because you really have that inner strength, which is awesome. I love, I just love it. It's, it's amazing. So I ask this question to every guest that's on the show. You know, what is your meaning of motivation without the hype and how to use motivation for your personal success? Mm, I love this question, Jez, and I'm so glad you asked it. And when I thought about it, for me, motivation is inspiration. Mm. So that's where I get my inspiration from. And it can come from a variety of sources. It comes from the people that I work with, Mm, the impact, you know, seeing the impact that, that you make, uh, improvement, you know, I constantly want to improve myself and learn. And I think that keeps me motivated to keep going, but really it's the, it's the why behind what I do. It's the meaning I think that brings motivation and particularly personally, and, and as you know, you know, in, in this field, you have to remain motivated because it is just you and your business depends yeah. on you and you're rocking up to, you know, do <laughs> talks or workshops or coach people. And you have to have that motivation and energy to do the job. You can't hide behind your office, office desk or computer screen. <laughs> so, <true. laughs> so it's, it's so important. And yeah, for me, that that's what brings me the motivation, the, the impact and the meaning behind what I do. I love it. And, you know, the person who you are and, you know, from where you were before and where you are now is phenomenal. Like, I think, like you as a human being, so grateful that you're here. I'm I'm so thankful at the same time. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for for you contributing to the world in the lives of others that you are making an impact. I think that message that you have brings that impact. And so I want to say thank you. Thank for who you are and what you do into the world and uh, more to come more to come i believe with all my heart so thank you so much for this uh, jess it's such a privilege to have you on guys if you want to get more in- information on what jess does that she phenomenally rocks the world really get in touch with her all the links are provided on the show notes so please do click subscribe follow her also don't forget we do have a link of her book called burnout brilliant so please i urge you to grab a copy on the show notes on the link that's provided and it's going to change your world becoming more brilliant, peak more, and live a fulfilling life that you deserve. So if this episode has been helpful and uplifting, we would love for you to write a review to inspire more listeners to get plugged in. We will continue to provide high value content in each and every episode. Now, if you don't mind sharing this podcast show on social media by inviting others, it will mean the world to me. Every time you tag me, we will get the opportunity to share those posts and together we can make a difference in the lives of others through inspiration episodes just like this. So there you have it. In closing, continue to unleash your greatness 
and tell yourself that I can, I will, and I must, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,